Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gregory Rich from Habitation Furnishing and Design, host of Drink in the Style. And I'm sitting in for Brett Johnson today because we had an opportunity to speak with an individual who has some keen insight into the SBA lending program that has been all over the news. We are joined by Greg Clone from 21st Century Bank in downtown Minneapolis. Greg, are you on the line? Yes, I am on the line. Excellent. I am so pleased that you are going to be speaking with us today because, you know, there has been a huge amount of information coming out on one side of the equation of the uh, CARES program and the Payroll Protection Act. But, you know, we haven't heard an awful lot from the bank side, uh, and uh, you are going to give us a little insight today, correct? Yes, I will uh, give you all of the information that I know as of today. And the situ- situation is fluid, as people like to say these days. I mean, there's a meeting coming up or underway as we speak, I think, uh, with some additional SBA information. So everything is subject to change. But as of, I guess, 207 on April 7th, 2020, the information we're about to uh, convey is accurate. Do we agree on that? That is correct. <laughs> cool. All right. So let's start out this way. Before we jump into the payroll protection uh, program uh, or CARES in general, let's talk a little bit about the SBA and its relationship to lenders uh, in the private sector. What does it mean when a bank extends an SBA loan? Well, Greg, uh, that's a good question. And, there, you know, the, the SBA is a very integral lending partner with uh, with banks and things like that where uh, the SBA under their they've got several different programs out there one is for building type of you know purchases and another one is for mainly small businesses which is under their 7a program <clears throat> I think I think for all intentional purposes let's let's just kind of stay on the 7a as that is one that really impacts a lot of the small businesses especially you know in today's market and where we're at today Mm-hmm. So, and the 7A, so the 7A is a business loan for operating or inventory. It's not property related. It's it's money to to function, correct? Yes, that's correct. And uh, it can be used for property, but for the most part, the the advantage of the 7A loan is that that is a small business loan uh, that is guaranteed by the SBA back to the bank at seventy five percent of the loan. So, if you had a loan for a hundred thousand dollars. The bank will issue you the $100,000, and then if it were ever to go bad, the SBA would then pay the bank back $75,000. The bank still is at risk for that $25,000. But with the 7A loan program, uh, the, the nice thing about that, it, it, you can be collateral short. You don't need to have the, the loan 100% collateralized. The, the bank, that loan is typically approved by the cash flow, historical cash flow of the business. So uh, typically when you buy a house or a building, the banks will lend a 75, 85, 90% loan to value, where in a 7A loan, uh, you can be have a loan for $100,000 and only have $20,000 worth of collateral, if any. Got it. All right. And then, so is it a matter of the, so it's a guarantee from the SBA, which is a government entity. So the SBA isn't giving you guys money. You're taking money out of the bank's reserves, lending that money, be it real or, or you know, credit. Uh, and then if the bank, or if the, the borrower defaults, you guys go back to the SBA and the SBA coughs up 75% of what you lent. That That is correct. And, and how it how it works is on the SBA side of it, they have they have those monies reserved uh, for that. You know, when you hear the government has allocated fifty billion or three hundred and fifty billion, they allocate those funds and put those on reserve. But you're correct; the bank does use its own cash to 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 do the loan initially, mm-hmm. and then it would get reimbursed based upon. Uh, a collection process that you would go through if the loan was in default. And we're probably going to talk a little bit about that because that's not an easy process, right? No, it's uh, it's a it's a drawn out process, but there are several 
uh, several banks, you know, 21st Century Bank is one of the top SBA lenders in the state, uh, community bank. And uh, as we navigate through even these more difficult times with the CARE Act, uh, that really sets us up to, again, be the experts in that in that arena. Indeed. So that's an interesting point you bring up. So not all banks are SBA lenders. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct. Under, you know, the SBA would you need to have a designation as a preferred lender. And what that does is, as a preferred lender, I can I can approve the loan right here at the bank. If I'm a non-preferred lender, I have to submit my application to the government and it gets sent out to California. Then they will approve it and then the bank can fund it. So essentially, just about any bank could do an SBA lender. But in order to be able to approve it internally at the bank level immediately, Mm -hmm. uh, you would need to have a preferred status. I see. So about how many SBA preferred SBA lenders are there in Minnesota, do you know? I would say that uh, there's probably going to be at 10 to 12, I would think. Okay. It's not a huge number. I mean, that that means that... uh, No. For, for this new program, as people are descending, we're all descending on a relatively small number of, of entities, aren't we? Well, the, now there is one caveat now with the CARES Act. The, the, the SBA did allow this to open up to non-preferred lenders. Really? Okay. So, yes. So other banks can do them, but again, this may be the first or second SBA loan that one of those banks may have worked on. So, so the expertise level, while they've opened it up to many, many banks, the expertise level is, uh, has not opened up at that same level. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And it's still dealing with a, a government uh, entity, and, and you got to know what you're doing, I, I would presume. So let's talk about, now there are some changes that they have set forth, I think, in terms of how you underwrite these loans. But let's talk about before the CARE Act, um, in underwriting a 7A loan, what what is the process for you guys in doing that? Is it a long, drawn-out application process? Are there a lot of requirements? Well, basically, in the in a standard 7A application, what what a person would do is they would have they would whether it be a, an equipment purchase, a business purchase, or something like that, uh, you would identify the the project. Mm-hmm. So just for all intentional purposes, let's just say that, let's say that somebody was going to acquire a business uh, and it included, you know, let's say that the purchase price is a couple hundred thousand dollars and there's equipment worth a hundred thousand. So you've got a, about a hundred thousand uh, dollars shortfall in the, in the, in the equipment side of it for collateral. So basically a bank would look at that acquisition and look at the cat historical cash flow for the last three years you would then determine the monthly loan payment on that and you would then determine the coverage ratio of what you typically need at an SBA level is a 1.25 debt service coverage so in essence if you had debt payments of $100,000 a year you would want to show that your cash flow was $125,000. Okay. So, okay. So that's the, that's the traditional means. And then what about collateral, things like that? You touched on it, but uh, are these generally unsecured? Are these personal guarantees? Are these against equipment? Yeah, so, so typically on those SBA loans, you would then take a first, you take a, a first lien position in all business assets, or if there was real estate to take a first lien mortgage on it or a second or a third mortgage, depending upon what, what, how many mortgages may be in front of that property. And then there's going to be a balance left over that would be unsecured. And, uh, yes, what, what the SB does require, it does require a personal guarantor, guarantee of any and all owners of the business that are have a 20% or greater ownership in the business. Okay. And finally, what is the usual time horizon for approval on an F, uh, on a 7A loan? 
I think what, you know, depending upon if it's a, if it's just a standard, if it's an operating business that you already own and just a matter of, I want to buy a piece of equipment or I want to do something, uh, then that, that relatively can, you know, that you don't need a business valuation and appraisals and things like that. So that, that can be relatively, you know, 30 days or less. And if it's a, a more complex an acquisition and you require third party uh, reports, you know, that could push it out, you know, typically 45 to 60 days. Okay. Is a typical time frame. Which in normal times would be relatively quick for any kind of government underwritten action. But of course, for these days, this is, that would be an eternity, right? Right. So I, I think the, the biggest question out there right now is from a banker's standpoint is, what we, you know, the future, if we were looking at it two months ago or a month ago, it was, it, you could, you know, you pretty knew what the historical and future results may be. The problem that we're seeing now is uh, how do you predict the future and the business? Assuming there is a future. Um, just kidding. There's a future. Right. Don't, don't panic. <laughs> Always a future. Um, yeah, no. I mean, it's 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 a, a, a huge it's a huge change in 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 you know the nature of the economy, um, and I mean we're gonna give some kudos to the government for taking a certain level of action, um, even though everyone kind of agrees at this point that uh, you know this was not rolled out as as well as it could have been. But uh, I'll tell you what, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back, now that we have discussed how the traditional SBA loan process works, we're now going to talk about how the CARES Act has affected lending and the status of that. So, ladies and gentlemen, stick with us. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. This is AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Zero Res has proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than other methods. This month, you can get three rooms Zero Res clean starting at only $129 and take $50 off your air duct cleaning. Plus, they'll always follow CDC guidelines when cleaning your home. That's 952 Zero Res or ZeroResMinnesota.com. Minuteman Press Uptown is still open and printing everything, but they are taking some extra precautions. You can order by phone or online and do curbside pickup. Plus, they can help restaurants staying open with direct mail and geofencing. That's Minuteman Press Uptown. Join over 300,000 Minnesota families by choosing Warner Stelling to be your appliance specialist. Our customers have helped us be very good at selling, installing, and servicing appliances. We work hard to earn your business. Choose Warner Stelling to be your appliance specialist. Hi, Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz here. We're in an unprecedented battle against the COVID-19 virus. The state of Minnesota is doing everything possible to keep you safe, but we need your help. We need you to stay home. Flatten the curve on COVID. Let's get through this thing together. Hi, Alex of Better Futures Minnesota. Does your business or organization need janitorial services, lawn care, or snow services? Obtain a free, no-obligation estimate from Better Futures Minnesota when you mention that you heard about us on AM950. Our supervised, hardworking, and affordable crews will handle your interior and exterior building and property maintenance needs while you help men in your community transform their lives and walk on a positive path to success. It's a win-win. To learn more, go to betterfuturesminnesota.com under business services. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style, Saturdays at 7 and Sundays at 5. You know, we're all sitting at home right now, and chances are you've noticed a thing or two that you wish you could change. Well, the Habitation Design staff is here to help. Right now, we're offering free virtual interior design services. It works like this. You guys are home, we're all at home. Let's schedule a virtual walkthrough of your space. Using FaceTime, Zoom, or Skype, one of our degreed professional interior designers will take a look, tell you precisely how to measure your room, then provide you with specific product recommendations, a design plan, and everything you need to make your space beautiful and functional. So we've all got the time. Why don't we take advantage of it? Call Habitation at 952-426-3548. That's 952-426-3548 and schedule your virtual design appointment today. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning knows a comfortable home is more important now than ever. So we're offering up to $2,700 in savings when you buy a new furnace and the AC in April. We also want to assure you that we're still open offering all our services and answering your calls. And we've created a no-contact protocol to keep our customers and staff safe. 
Find out more about these savings and our new protocols at standardheating.com. Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, the comfort you deserve since 1930. Welcome back to this rare weekday edition of Drink in the Style. Standing in for Brett Johnson, Gregory Rich, planning our future as we sit uh, in the uh, in the beaches of God knows what kind of uh, warm climate. After all this stuff is done and over, uh, we are talking with uh, Greg Clone from Twenty First Century Bank uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And we are discussing the uh, CARES Act uh, and the SBA loan program that the uh, government has recently enacted. Greg, are you still with us? Yes, I am. I'm here. Excellent. All right. So last segment, we talked about how the SBA program generally works. Let's talk about the CARES Act, uh, which, by the way, nobody seems to know, stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security uh, the bill was passed on March 25th uh, of, uh, of this year, of course. Greg, tell me, on the 25th, everything kind of went crazy, and everybody said that all the, that the government had solved the problem and come up with this CARES Act that was going to keep all these small businesses up and running. What kind of direction did the SBA give lenders on that date? Well, at that point in time, we had about as much information as everybody did in the media, which was not much. Of course. Um, they, they, uh, the information didn't really get back to the SBA probably until mid-last week, which was the you know, 1st or 2nd of April. And they were supposed to have rolled, rolled, you know, rolled out the program on last Friday, April 3rd. As of the morning of April 3rd, uh, the site was not up yet at the SBA, and it was still quite a confusion for everybody. Mm-hmm. Because the, the, the issue that we saw was that the media and the press was talking about this great program. All of the business owners are thinking that the banks have all the information, and then we did not. And or nor did the SBA, and so we had such an influx of questions and, and concerns and things like that, but nobody had specific direction, and it was it was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's so so as far as you knew, so the the government comes out or the the, the politicians come out and they say. Here's $2 trillion that's being injected, small business, everybody, here's all this money, the, the problem is solved. But from your side of the desk, there was no direction. There was, it was business as usual, which meant that you would need to go through the entire same process of SBA loan approval that would otherwise have taken 45 to 60 days? Yes. So, so basically what they were telling everybody is that it's a, it's a loan that's going to be for payroll, it's going to be a forgivable loan. And it's going to be, um, you know, very easy to get mm-hmm. and 100% guaranteed to the bank. So everybody, all the customers are thinking, oh, no personal guarantee, 100% guaranteed to the bank. Well, where, where do I, you know, where do I, who, who, you know, who doesn't want to sign up for that program? Mm-hmm. So right. I believe I sent you an email that just said, where's my money? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't seem amused. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right, so so it wasn't for that many days. So, and you're right. I mean, originally the SBA there was an online application, but it was fairly lengthy, and it wasn't specific. It took them another five or six days to come out with the updated online application process. Right. Right. I mean, pr- prior to the CARES Act, they did have this disaster loan option. So, so this is where a lot of additional confusion came into the banks was that they they we. Everybody was directing the customers to go to the disaster loan, and, and the state of Minnesota uh, was not declared a disaster yet, so you know businesses couldn't even apply for it. So you had the disaster loan, then all of a sudden the CARES thing came out, and the disaster loan was is still is out there, but that's handled directly through the SBA. 
the payroll protection program is handled directly through the local banking system. Got it. Yeah, no, the disaster loan was an interesting thing. I spoke with uh, our accounting firm, Mazelax Kemp and Spencer, at one point, and uh, they encouraged uh, me to go online and fill that out because they were saying it just, it's a crazy thing. Some people are filling it out, and suddenly within a day or two, $10,000 appears in their bank account directly, and other people have heard absolutely nothing, and there didn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. Um I mean, did you have any experience with that, or did you hear about anybody uh, getting a disaster grant? Yes. Yeah, so so basically what happened on that, and that's a, another good point, is that when the, initially when the disaster loan came out, this that $10,000 grant uh, feature mm-hmm. was not included in the original grant. Two or three days later on the application, there was a button to push that you could automatically get a $10,000 instant advance against that disaster loan. Whether you were approved for the disaster loan or not, that $10,000 would be given to you and would be 100% forgivable. So that added to the confusion of the disaster loan. Mm-hmm. Which is still, I mean, because that, that didn't happen, though. I mean, I know lots of people who filled it out and didn't get uh, the $10,000 disaster loan or have heard anything about it what's the status of that any idea well i think i think what i've seen is that some people have gone back into their application and there there may be a feature that you can now uh, apply for that if if your application is still in because that disaster loan program is probably you know we keep hearing two to three weeks out before by the time that you apply for the time that you would get any funds. Hmm. And, and the interesting thing about the disaster loan is uh, they were, the, the SBA wants you to upload a bunch of your financial information and then the SBA loan, under, uh, loan un- officers will underwrite the loan and then they will determine the amount that your business may qualify for. So there's not, there's not really any rhyme or reason to I need $200,000 or I need $100,000 and here's what I need it for. Where, where the payroll protection plan is pretty straightforward, it's here's your payroll plus your benefits, your insurance and things like that, multiplied by two and a half times and that would be the loan amount that you would get approved for. Right. And so that includes payroll, includes uh, health. When you say insurance, you're talking about the health care insurance that employers pay for for their staff, correct? Correct. Correct. The health care insurance that they pay for their staff, the uh, payroll taxes related to state unemployment. And if there's also retirement, if there's 401k matching contributions, they would uh, also, that would qualify for that uh, calculation. Okay. So that's, so you come up with that figure, and that's a, a fairly hard and fast figure. They give you basically 250% of that figure, so they're assuming you're going to run on it for another two and a half months or two months. And right, that money is designed to uh, to maintain payroll, keep people who are working, working, and then they're going to deal with any issues that come after that. Because didn't they also talk about rent and utility expenditures being covered in that package? Yes, yeah, so out of the out of the proceeds from the amount of money that you get from that payroll protection loan, a certain percentage of that can be used towards rent or interest on loans and things like that. But the main purpose of it was they, they want at least 75% used uh, to be used towards payroll for it to be forgivable. So, so the next the next phase is that after you get your loan from the from the from the bank. For the payroll protection loan, then you have to determine and use that money towards the that you have designated it for in order to qualify for the forgiveness feature of the payroll protection loan. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about after we take a really quick break here to uh, pay some of the bills. Uh, Greg, stick with us. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's do some advertising, and then we'll come back and learn more about the forgiveness aspect. Hi, everyone. Matt McNeil here. With coronavirus, I hope you're holding up well. Thanks for keeping your radio tuned to AM 950. 
This is a challenging time for everyone, including us here at AM 950. Right now, it's so important to keep AM 950 on the air, ensuring a progressive radio voice is in Minnesota for the 2020 election cycle. The best in progressive talk lives here with Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Brad Freeman, and of course the local hosts like Brett Johnson, Robert Pilot, and myself. To make sure AM 950 keeps broadcasting, we need your financial support now. Head over to am950radio.com and sign up to support with however much you can. Your assistance will help keep AM 950 on the air. And Brett and I will be personally thanking listeners who contribute on our shows. Head over to am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. Declare, yes, I want to support AM 950. From everyone here at AM 950 and from me personally, thank you very much. And thanks for listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. I'm Nick Slavic, proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I've been a craftsman for more than 25 years. My company has been awarded more than five national awards for craftsmanship. You won't find somebody who loves their job more than me. I've devoted my life to my family, my craft, my business, and to the people who trust me with their projects. And I'm happier for doing it. Visit N-I-C-K-S-L-A-V-I-K.com to learn more. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics, and I want to thank you for listening to AM950. The advertisers you hear are what allows us to stay on the airwaves, and unfortunately, some of them are going to be going through some tough times with the coronavirus. So support our advertisers in any way you can, whether that's ordering takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM950. Even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. If you're looking to save money on your home or building improvement project, check out Better Futures Minnesota's reuse retail warehouse in South Minneapolis. We carry salvage building materials such as cabinetry, flooring, plumbing fixtures, appliances, lighting, and more, saving you money and saving the planet by keeping these items out of the landfill, by giving them another life. Selections change daily, and we also take donations. Go to betterfuturesminnesota.com and look under Reuse Warehouse to learn more. Let us know AM950 sent you. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for partly sunny skies today with a high near 67. Tonight, clear with a low around 43. Wednesday, partly sunny with a high near 52. And Thursday, partly cloudy with a high around 44. We know this is a challenging time for everyone, which is why it's more important than ever to make sure you keep AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, on the airwaves. If you'd like to help us out financially through signing up for a membership, visit am950radio.com, and both Matt and I will be thanking you during our shows. That's am950radio.com. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's... Welcome back to a special edition of Drink in the Style. This is host Gregory Rich. I am sitting in for Brett Johnson's FYI politics program. Brett's taking a little break from coronavirus discussion. We are on with Greg Clone from 21st Century Bank in Minneapolis talking about the CARES Act and the Payroll Protection Program. Greg, welcome back. Thank you. Okay, so we were talking about uh, the background of the SBA approval process, and I wanted to go back before we take it a little further. The changes that came through from the SBA to you on the underwriting of the program, can you encapsulate what differences, what, what they, they, they changed about your side, again, of that equation? Uh, in, you specifically for the CARES Act? Yeah. Okay, well... Honestly, Greg, the, they've given us some direction. Uh, what we know to date is that, you know, gather information in regards to the payroll reports, like 940s, 941s, get the backup for the health insurance contributions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but, but as we speak, at 2 o'clock, there was a, a conference call that the SBA was putting on, uh, providing banks with additional guidance as far as what needed to be kind of 
documented to ensure that they can get the guarantee. Mm -hmm. And you know, along with that, uh, they're also giving us guidance in regards to the actually paperwork for the loan of which we have no, we don't even know at this point in time what documents uh, we're required to have a borrower sign. So, Really? So, I mean, it's it's literally because there, there's the, the basic stuff that has to be turned in, the payroll, you know, data, the 940s, 941s, as you said, um, things like that, but nothing beyond that. So you'd have normal SBA requirements, which would mean you have to give your revenue figures, your tax returns. You don't know or they haven't said whether that is or is not required? Well, at this point in time, no. You do not have to give tax returns. You do not have to give personal financial statements. Uh, there's no uh, P&L income balance sheet uh, reporting requirements at this point in time, and we don't believe there will be. It's mainly just uh, copies of federal tax reports. And even uh, I know that uh, ADP and paychecks have a special coronavirus report already documented that uh, can be printed from their system. That is one of the that's an allowable form of documentation versus providing all of the additional, you know, 941s and 940s to the banks. So that's a pretty uh, neat feature that they've already designed in it. I would I would recommend any of the viewers to check with their payroll service company to see if they can produce this special report. And it takes the place of running all the separate individual things. Oh, that's good to know, at least. Um, right. Okay. So so then from the SBA perspective, now, when you guys underwrite an SBA loan, now you are a bank, which means you are here to make money, essentially. How does it work? Are you guys – are we going to tread into this whole thing where Mnuchin – had originally, you guys were supposed to be getting a half percent interest, and now it's one percent. Or how does that work? Yeah. So, so basically, what's going to happen on as far as where where is the money is going to be earned is that the the banks can earn a percent on the front end of the loan. So, depending upon the loan size, if it's three hundred and fifty or less, uh, we earn a like a I can't remember what the percentage is, but it's it's four. Let's just say that it's anywhere from three to five percent. As the loan gets bigger, the percentage goes down. But if the loan is not forgiven, then the bank will earn on the back side of it only one percent. So that's another reason why the banks, uh, you know, there there is some risk to the bank at some very low earnings if, in fact, the loan is not forgiven on the back side of the program. Wait, so you get a lesser amount if the loan is not forgiven than you would get if they do forgive the loan, as far as you know? No. So what will happen is, let's say we do a loan for $100,000. Mm -hmm. The bank would earn, let's say, 5% or $5,000 the, the day we originate that loan. And that comes from the SBA. Okay. That does not come from the customer. If the loan is not forgiven, if, if it didn't meet the requirements, let's say that only 50% of that loan was forgiven... Then the balance of that loan, $50,000, would be payable by that company back to the bank over a 24-month period at 1% interest. We would earn only 1% then moving forward on that loan for two years. Wow, which is certainly not a lot of money and uh, I'm sure is still going to be a lot of time and resources um, that you guys would have to uh, swallow up. Right. Interesting. And, and that's why... Um, I don't know if you saw that, but, I mean, Wells Fargo basically has uh, not really uh, embraced this program. And, and I know some numerous people that have dealt with them in the past that uh, are not happy with, uh, with the fact that they're really not doing that. Yeah, no, let's, let's talk about that because that was really big news yesterday as it came out. I mean, and Wells basically just said they, they were going to stop lending SBA loans altogether. Well, I saw an email that came out to one of my uh, colleagues that they, they, they said something about some capital level that they were unable to do something. But I think the reality is, is that yeah, there is a lot of work to it, and you don't make a lot of money. And so they probably took the stance of let's go the path 
you know, let's just go down this other path and let everybody else uh, take care of it. And I think that's where, you know, that's why it's so important to make sure that as a small business that uh, you have a relationship with a bank that is a number one, has a good SBA lending um, history and expertise, and also uh, somebody you can get a hold of, and it's going to be the same person. Mm-hmm. You know, not a revolving door of employees of some of these larger banks. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, Wells Fargo, I mean, how many times, not to pile on, although I guess I can pile on, what the heck? Uh, I mean, how many times does Wells Fargo have to shaft the consumer and its customers and society in general before we finally say enough is enough? Because of all the banks that are out there that should be embracing this to help businesses and employers, they should be the top of the list, for God's sake. They're one of the most profitable in the industry, are they not? Well, yes, and and, and the problem that, that I run into and see with them uh, many times is the fact that as I'm competing for loans and, you know, customers, uh, you know, they want to undercut the pricing and they want to just, just, they force our prices down. They make us less profitable and we have to compete not only on their pricing, uh, but then we've got that service. So for instance, everybody at our bank, that's an existing customer. If you want this loan, we will get it for you. And, uh, we will do everything in our effort to make sure that we get those funds before the money runs out. Because there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, the clock is ticking on these. So uh, when, when the funds are extinguished, then they shut off the, the spigot of the money and you have to wait till round two when the government may or may not, you know, injects more capital into the program. Yeah, no, it's, you need somebody going to bat for you and trying to get a hold of that. I did read something about talking about lending limits uh, associated with SBA program that uh, programs that Wells was, was remarking. Do you, do you know anything about that, or is that just smoke and mirrors? Well, what, what, I, what I also saw in that was uh, something about, let's say that your payroll and your, your numbers came up where your loan could have been a million dollars. I saw some banks, and I don't think, I think it was Wells and others that may have said, we're going to cap a loan at, we're not going to do any loan more than six hundred or $800,000 to any one entity, mm-hmm. even though you're, you may have qualified for $1.5 million or $2 million. They were, they were capping it at that lower dollar amount. And they can do that. And there's, there's no provision in the act that says that requires them to do anything different it's literally just a, an optional program that they can participate in to whatever extent they choose correct i i believe that to be true wow yeah that's uh that's uh that's 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 really typical i guess i don't know um let's talk about the forgiveness aspect because this is something that's constantly being discussed and i've seen very little information on this do you have any idea what uh, they're going to be evaluating on this forgiveness aspect? Yes. So um, basically what there is, there is a uh, calculation that you would go through. And, it, and it, it takes the, you look at FTEs at the time, kind of the preceding the coronavirus thing. and you know, FTEs and referring to the number of employees yes, full-time, full-time exempt. Equivalent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, number of employees, full-time equivalents, mm-hmm. and then you look at you. So you you look you do a look back period, and then you do a look forward period of the, the eight weeks after your loan has been approved or um, it's been approved. Okay, so for instance, if you get uh, approved next week for your loan, then that is that's when your clock starts ticking. So any of those funds that are used for payroll in that first eight weeks, that's what qualifies for your uh, forgiveness. So what the act is really trying to do is to say, employer, when you get this money, you need to be using it for payroll and you need to use it for payroll right now. You can't save it for future payrolls. You can't save it for you know third quarter, fourth quarter. You have to spend it now and they're trying to keep people off of the unemployment. 
that's what the goal is. So now, so you spend that money, if you spent 75% of that money on payroll and the other 25% on qualified expenses like rent or interest on loans, that money would be 100% forgivable to the, to the corporation. Presuming that you keep the same number of FTEs and the same payroll level as of the moment that yeah, that you, loan begins. There, yeah, there's a little bit of a, a flexibility, but let's say that you did have to drop your employees by 10% or 15%. Uh, that would mean that only 10 or 15% of that loan would not be forgiven, and then that's when you pay that over the balance over the that over the last the next two years. It's interesting. So, all right, we, we've got to take another quick break uh, for uh, for some ads. But when we come back, I want to ask you. So, the the concept of covering rent, mortgage, interest, and things like that, they kind of bundle that in. So that's created a bit of a tricky situation. Let's pick that up when we uh, when we come back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. everyone, Matt McNeil here. With coronavirus, I hope you're holding up well. Thanks for keeping your radio tuned to AM 950. This is a challenging time for everyone, including us here at AM 950. Right now, it's so important to keep AM 950 on the air, ensuring a progressive radio voice is in Minnesota for the 2020 election cycle. The best in progressive talk lives here with Tom Hartman, Stephanie Miller, Brad Freeman, and of course the local hosts like Brett Johnson, Robert Pilot, and myself. To make sure AM 950 keeps broadcasting, we need your financial support now. Head over to am950radio.com and sign up to support with however much you can. Your assistance will help keep AM 950 on the air. And Brett and I will be personally thanking listeners who contribute on our shows. Head over to am950radio.com. That's am950radio.com. Declare yes. I want to support AM 950. From everyone here at AM 950 and from me personally, thank you very much. And thanks for listening to the progressive voice of Minnesota. Food nourishes us. We need food to live. But how are we nourishing the food system? Well, actually, we're throwing a bunch of chemicals and we're making the dirt dead and then we're adding nitrates to the water and we're causing dead zones in the ocean. Oh, and we're also causing climate change. We do that with every bite we eat. But we can create something different. We can switch to a regenerative system. And that's what we talk about every week on Food Freedom Radio. So tune to Food Freedom Radio Saturdays at 8 a.m. or anytime via podcast. Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hey, it's Brett from FYI Politics, and I want to thank you for listening to AM 950. The advertisers you hear are what allows us to stay on the airwaves, and unfortunately, some of them are going to be going through some tough times with the coronavirus. So support our advertisers in any way you can, whether that's ordering takeout food from one of our Eat Local Minnesota restaurants, purchasing gift cards, or just contacting them and telling them thanks for supporting AM 950. Even the littlest thing you can do can go a long way. Find a full list of our advertisers at am950radio.com. And thanks for listening. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Hi, Minnesota. Governor Tim Walz here. We're in an unprecedented situation in our fight against COVID-19. Please note that the state of Minnesota and our private sector partners are doing everything we can to keep you safe, but we need your help. Minnesotans, stay home. Let's flatten the curve on COVID. Let's make sure that we keep our family, our friends, and our neighbors safe. And if you need more information, please go to the Minnesota Department of Health website. Together, Minnesotans, we'll defeat this and come out better on the other side. Thank you. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on this farm there was a chick. Welcome back to, well, FYI Politics and a special edition of Drink in the Style. We've been playing a collection of random music that uh, we featured on Drink in the Style, which you can catch on Saturdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. Uh, I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and we're on the phone with Greg Clone from 21st Century Bank. Greg, welcome back. 
Thank you. Okay, so we've got just a couple of minutes left, and I have a couple last questions I wanted to get to and then give you a chance to, to kind of guide our listeners uh, who may still be interested in, in seeing what they can uh, uh, do with the program. But you had started talking about the, the 25% of the payroll protection program under the CARES Act being set aside theoretically for rent and utilities and mortgage interest. But if it's forgivable, so of that 100%, which is theoretically forgivable if the entire amount is spent on payroll, if you spend the 25% to cover rent and expenses, that's not forgivable, correct? Uh, no, that that would, as long as you don't spend more than that in that category. So so there is there is a calculation in that, and it's, and I, again, the last calculation that I saw, which so it could change, or by the time that you know I hang up the phone, and by the time I got on, uh, is that there's a certain amount of that those funds that can be utilized for that, uh, you know. So for instance, that helps cover if you did not bring back a hundred percent of your employees, mm-hmm. then a certain amount of that money could be used for some of those other features. And that would still qualify. So they looked at it from the standpoint if you paid rent, because then that means that rent is going to the landlord, who then in turn, you know, can make the payment to his debtors mm-hmm. and things like that. So, but it can't go to uh, other categories. There's some specific ones, and I believe rent and interest on the on the on the loans were qualified expenses. Got it. Okay, so up to twenty five percent is re- forgivable. Over 25% is not based on right. FTEs. Okay. All right. Well, that makes more sense then. Right. All right. Fair enough. So what is the status of the uh, of the program right now? I mean, some people are saying that all the money is gone. Some people are saying it's barely touched. What, To your knowledge, where is it? Well, to give an example, just a couple of different banks in town here, I know that we've, we've had over 300-plus applications. We've probably processed over uh, – over half of those loans and actually gotten authorizations, I think we're up to about probably 70, 70% of the applications in we've already processed and gotten approved. Uh, I've heard other banks that have, you know, over a thousand applications that may have only have a hundred uploaded. Okay. I've heard other banks that have, you know, that had the system set up that, uh, that are, you know, up to that 70% level also of, of ap- actual applications in and loan authorization approvals. Now, that being said, when is the money going to be available? I still think my best guess is two to three weeks out before the government gives us specific guidance on the forms, what what we really need. And then, you know, we have to process hundreds, and there's thousands, of course, applications that are in there. But I heard over the weekend that it was about 50 50 billion that has been approved by the SBA. So when they say, when you hear in the media, 50 billion is already given out to the banks, customers are thinking, oh, Joe got his money. Jill got her money. Where's my money? Where's my loan? No, no banks have, to my knowledge, I do not know of any bank that's actually issued any funds yet. Really? So. Again, it's still all smoke and mirrors, and until the the actual changes in the SBA program filter through, the banks aren't kicking out any cash. Correct. We do not, because what we don't want to do at the bank is end up with the SBA coming back to us and say, oh, well, guess what, guys? You forgot to do this. Oop, you didn't cross that T, didn't dot that I, so we're only going to honor 50% of the guarantee. Right, because back in '08 there was a not, not a similar, but the SBA tried something in this vein, and then it came back to butt you guys in the butt, didn't it? Yeah. So, so basically, they in the in the 2009 that era there was a 90 percent guaranteed loan that was a really a great program for everybody, and that would then give you the feature of of a, a 10 year uh, loan repayment term. What this one is really set up for is the the fact that you have the ability to, um, as as businesses look at this, they're going like, I don't want to take another loan out to to support my business right now that I may or may not be able to afford to pay people. 
that's why this program was instituted so that people, the businesses could say, okay, fine, I can pay my people and it's not going to be a loan. It's really a grant or a gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then yeah. I can keep, because I've heard of like some companies going, okay, my business may be down 25 or 30 or 40%, but I can keep my employees back because you know what? I need to do some deep cleaning. I need to do a bunch of stuff in within my organization that I've, kind of let slide because I've been so busy. Now this is giving my opportunity to put my people back to work, keep them busy doing things that they need to do. And, uh, and it's, it's covered by the, the government. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, so if it's so bottom line is if it comes together, I mean, the intention is what we're hearing, but the details have not, still not filtered through to you guys completely. So your hands are still somewhat tied, even though you're processing things as best you can right now, correct? Correct. So what we're doing now is we're reserving the funds uh, get through loan authorizations, and that means that, that, that those funds are set aside for that customer. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a matter of taking the next step of the paperwork processing to, to document and to get the money to the business. Got it. And is it does it make sense for business owners who haven't applied yet to still go to the SBA and apply? Yeah, I would I would say that if you have not applied yet, uh, talk to your current bank, see if they're accepting these payroll protection applications. If they're not, I know there's some banks out there that are accepting them from, you know, non-customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, try that. But the disaster loan is still available directly through the SBA, and that's sba.gov slash disaster and then it'll walk you through the steps you know the state of minnesota etc okay great advice and then you guys have some information on your site of course uh as well and, and what is 21st century's website uh 21st century 21stcb.com so 21stcb.com 21stcenturybank.com a futuristic name and a slightly confusing email address or online address, but makes sense when you want to get used to it, right? Yep, so it's just 21stcb.com. Perfect. All right, Greg, thank you for being on the program. Really do appreciate it. Stay strong through this period, and thanks for all your hard thank work. You. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a special drink in the style sitting in for Brett Johnson on FYI Politics. Thanks for joining us. Hope you found this informational and catch you hopefully this weekend uh, for Drink in the Style. Be well, everybody. <laughs>